Well, good morning, everyone. We're going to read the scriptures and we're going to be reading from the book of uh, Ruth and the last chapter, chapter 4, going to start at uh, verse 13 and through to the end of the chapter. So Ruth, chapter 4, you've got the words in front of you there as well. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in, in Israel. He shall be fit to you a restorer of, of life and nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid her, him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighbourhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Amimadab. Amimadab fathered Mashon. Mashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Okay. All right, so I just noticed about that mid-year getaway... I don't know if anyone else noticed, my daughter pointed out to me, but it's it's sort of weird having a camp titled Uncomfortable. Um, I'm not sure what the lodgings are like there or what the food's going to be like. Um, not sure if you're keen to go. Uh, I think it's next week. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be great getting into God's Word and trust me, it will be awesome. Hopefully the camp itself not too uncomfortable, but um, just just thinking about how God's Word changes us. Maybe that makes, um, that's what it's about. Okay, I keep, this presentation keeps going off air. Um, yeah, we've got, got a technological problem. I'd say and fix that up. Hey, you might have noticed from the, the reading today, compared to last week's story, remember last week we had lots of excitement in the, the book of Ruth. We had, um, Ruth going down to the threshing room floor, middle of the night. We had a midnight proposal. We had the swapping of sandals. Uh, and, and this week we've sort of got the genealogies and, and whatnot. Now that, that might seem uh, sort of boring and, and bland, but thank you. Uh, but, it, but actually there is, um, there is a, this, this, this ending to the book of Ruth actually is incredibly wonderful because it shows how this picture of redemption that we see in the book of Ruth actually fits beautifully and wonderfully into the whole story of the Bible. To help, help illustrate that, my, um, my 
children recently. I've got some, some children that learn musical instruments, if you can call percussion musical instruments. Uh, and they... Sorry to all the drummers out there. Uh, they, you know, I often hear them practising their, their band pieces. And after a bit of practice, they actually sound pretty good. You start to think, oh, yeah, that, that sounds all right. But after a long time of not going to any music concerts, we finally got to go to one at the end of last term. And it was actually really amazing and really fun to see how the pieces that they'd been practising actually fit into the music as a whole. Right? And just the, the wonderful symphony that was, was created by, by all of that. And that's sort of similar, I think, what we see in the Book of Ruth. It's like one part of the band. But when you see how that fits into the, the story as a whole, it's like this wonderful symphony of sound. The story of the Bible, God's great redemption plan throughout history in Jesus, uh, is a wonderful symphony. It woos our hearts. It's like music that draws us into it. Uh, but it's also music that helps us to sing along, that we actually want to get excited and sing along and be a part of God's redemption plan as well. So this final couple of verses in the, the book of Ruth um, both shows how we are wooed into God's redemption plan in his son, but also calls us to sing along, to be a part of it as well. Let me pray. Father, uh, thank you for your word and would you bless us today as we consider it? Amen. Okay, so simply today, we the, the final verses of the book really uh, sort of finalise the redemption story for Ruth, the redemption story for Naomi, and then points us to the redemption story of all. In terms of the redemption of Ruth, uh, we'll, we'll see how an outsider, someone who is foreign, is actually brought into God's people. For redemption for Naomi, we're going to see someone who was an insider who's actually left, uh, who, who's come back and God has brought her back into being a part of his family as well. And then as I've been saying, we're going to then see how these stories point us so wonderfully to God's great redemption story for all in Jesus. Oh, I better not go to that yet. Sorry, I've just ruined my illustration. Okay. Oh. <sighs> I'm not having a great run with technology here today. Okay. If you were to think of a character from Harry Potter, <laughs> that is actually most similar to um, Ruth's story, which character would you choose? Oh. <laughs> Ron. <laughs> uh, I actually... I've been been reading a little bit of Harry Potter to to our kids. Now, I know kids maybe not not allowed to read it yet. Um, I'm not sure where that's that's your parents' decision for you. Um, but if you're familiar with the the story, there is a a character uh, called Dobby, who's a house elf. And the the reason why I think that Dobby's a little bit like Ruth is because the house elves are sort of like the lowest of the low in wizarding society. And they're actually, they're, they're servants. They, they need to do all the menial tasks and whatnot. And I think that's where we find Ruth for, for some of the book. Um, she is sort of considered the low of the low, uh, a foreign widow. Uh, she's, she works like a servant. Um, but Dobby is, is freed at one point. He's redeemed. Okay, he becomes a free house elf. Sorry if that's ruining the story for anyone. Um, becomes a, a free house elf. But that's not the end of Dobby's story. 
because he is actually still used in, in preceding books uh, to, to actually used in the lives of others. What we're seeing here at the end of the book of Ruth is um, Ruth being redeemed uh, and Naomi, but their, their story continues to be used in the lives of others, actually through the generations and down through the nations. So I want us to look, and I, I'm not sure if you'll be able to see that, hopefully you can, um, the, the sort of story arc of Ruth uh, in, in the redemption of Ruth. Okay. Um, so she's starting in chapter one. If you won't hear, this will be a quick summary for you. Chapter one, she is a married Moabite. Uh, so she marries one of the sons of um, Naomi, um, one of God's people. But they're in Moab. Uh, but then things, her, her husband dies and she makes the choice. There's, there's two of these daughters-in-law. She, the other one stays in Moab with her people. But Ruth makes the choice to actually go to God's place with Naomi. Um, and she says in chapter 1, verse 16, Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. That's an amazing thing for, for her to do, because going into Israel, she is a foreigner and she's a widow. She's sort of the low of the low. And in fact, even just to survive, we see in chapter 2, she needs to, to be like a lowly servant, just gleaning in the field after it's been harvested but then by chapter three we see uh that that she's now a marriageable servant um and by the the end of chapter three uh boaz says actually no you are a worthy woman in saying that he is saying that that and and he would say that the all the townspeople would say that as well saying hey you are actually worthy to be considered part of god's people here and then in the verse that we, we just read, um, we see that Ruth actually becomes Boaz's wife. We see in verse 13, Boaz took Ruth, she became his wife, went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. So Ruth here in this story is now redeemed, uh, redeemed in terms of provision and protection. But most of all, she is now included, been blessed to be included in God's people. And we see that in two ways, just in this verse. One is now she's been married to Boaz. So, so through that, sort of, it's, it's saying that she is a part of God's people. Uh, the fact that she would even be eligible for that. Uh, but also, uh, she, she bears a, a son, which shows that, the, the, that her descendants now are considered part of God's people as well. Um, and this, this son... It is significant in the, the book of Ruth because it gives us a, a hint um, that Ruth and, and her descendants are going to be used in redemption of others. Now this son, you, you might not remember, we didn't look at these verses in details, is the answer to the prayers of verse 11 and, 11 and 12. So we looked at this, uh, we read these out last week. Let me read them again. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we're witnesses. So there's, there's people who gather. This is when Boaz has, has just in front of all the elders said, I'm going to take Ruth to be my, my wife. And they pray. And notice how this prayer is so inclusive of, of Ruth as, as one of God's people. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. That's actually an amazing prayer. You might remember I said in, in week one that all of the prayers in the book of Ruth are answered and resolved by the end of the book. This is, this is a huge prayer that, that Ruth would be like Rachel and Leah. 
I wonder if you're familiar with the Bible, you might know who, who they are. Uh, we, we find them in, in Genesis so chapter 9 and onwards. They're the wives of Jacob. Now, Jacob is later renamed Israel, and it's his descendants, his, his 12 sons through these women, um, that, that form the, the nation of Israel. It's a, it's a huge thing to be praying that, that Ruth would be like these women because they are the ones that God used to sort of establish uh, his people, his nation. How could Ruth be used in such a way that's comparable to them? Okay, when you hold that thought, because that's resolved in the, the final verses, there's, there's another way in the next verse that, um, that the people pray for, for Ruth, and that is, may your house be like the house of Perez, who Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. Okay, now these, if you didn't know Rachel Lair, you're probably not going to know Perez and, and Tamar. We, I don't know about you. I don't know if your eyes sort of glaze over in all the genealogies of the Bible. I actually love them, okay, because they give incredible insights into God's work throughout the generations. So let me try and place them for you. Um, as I said, Jacob, through Leah and uh, Rachel, um, and, and two concubines, had the, the 12 tribes. One of those uh, was Judah. Okay. And Judah had a n- number of, of sons, and one of the sons um, married um, Tamar. Okay. Now, those, his son, he actually then had, a, that son died, and then the, the next son married her, but sort of refused to do what Boaz has done here in terms of redeeming the offspring. And he died as well. And so there's a third sort of younger son uh, that's not yet able to be married. And so um, I'm going into this a bit, but, but Judah is basically, hey, wait till he grows up and he'll fulfill the, what he needs to as, as a redeemer. Um, but Jacob, Judah doesn't do that. And so Tamar actually takes things into her own hands. Now, Judah's own wife has died by now, um, and she dresses up. It's sort of there's some parallels with the story of Ruth, um, but she deceives um, Judah, and and he goes into her, and and they can and she conceives. Um, and what's amazing in in praying this prayer here is that that son, his name is Perez, and and Tamar is included into God's people and her offspring. Perez in this way. And so they're saying here that, that Ruth also, an outsider and a foreigner, is being included into God's people. The really wonderful thing about the offspring of, of Perez is that they, obviously in the tribe of Judah, settled in the region of Bethlehem. In fact, Perez is an ancestor of, of Boaz and Elimelech. Okay, so they're very directly saying, hey, Ruth, uh, is, is a part of God's people. Uh, the outsider or the foreigner now has been redeemed and is included in part of God's people. And, and I think just it's, it's worth us reflecting that God, our God is a God who redeems and saves the so-called outsiders, uh, the lowest those that, that often are perceived or might perceive themselves as, as worthless. 
Okay, but our God offers salvation for all. And it's amazing how many times in the, the Old Testament and the New Testament that is the outsider or the foreigner that comes in to God's people. He welcomes you and I and all into his kingdom. And it's an important thing for, for us to, to note as well. Uh, I wonder if you, you feel like an outsider. You maybe feel like you don't belong. Actually, through Christ... You do. He desires to bring us in. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna look in a couple of weeks. We're gonna start our mission month, and we're gonna see how wonderfully uh, God actually wants to see people from every tongue and tribe and nation brought in, redeemed among His people. Okay, so we want to now look at the redemption for Naomi in this story. And again, it's helpful to follow through the, the whole sort of story of Naomi in the book of Ruth. Um, she starts the, the story, she is married to Elimelech and she has two sons. So things are actually pretty good for her, but there's a famine in the land and they, don't, don't you remember, they leave God's people and his place and his presence and go to the land of Moab. So that's where one of the sons marries Ruth. Um, but over, over 10 years, her husband and her two sons die. So she returns to Israel to her, her people, but she's empty and she's bitter. At the end of chapter 1, she's talking to the, the townsfolk and the, the women, and she says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. Okay, she is bitter, she is empty, and she's looking inward. Uh, she knows that God is the one that provides all things, uh, but rather than looking to him for blessing, uh, she is blaming him her circumstances. Now, things start to, to look up just a little. In, in chapter 2, Naomi, uh, Ruth goes to glean in the field. Now, arguably, Naomi should have gone as well. Um, she just worked 50 k's back from Moab, so she, she obviously physically could. Um, but Ruth goes to, to glean. When, when Ruth returns with an abundant harvest after just one day, we, we see a little change in, in Naomi. Uh, and that, that is that she then instructs Ruth to stay in the field that she's been gleaning. So I'm like Naomi, who had left God's field, so to speak, to go to the land of Moab. She was saying, stay in Boaz's field to Ruth. Uh, then, you know, we've got the plan last week, um, and uh, she organises for, for Ruth to lie at Boaz's feet. And when she returns from that, she's confident that Boaz is, is going to redeem or ensure that they are redeemed. At that point, she said, wait, he's, he's not going to rest. And so uh, things are starting to get better until we see um, now in this verse that she is full and restored. Verse 14 of chapter 4, uh, it, it says, Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. So in, in Ruth being redeemed um, by included in God's people and marrying Boaz, that also redeems Naomi. Uh, no longer is she without land, no longer is she without provision or, or protection. Um, she, she has a redeemer. And in fact, rather than looking inwardly to herself, calling herself Mara, um, now there's may his name, be renowned. There's an outward sort of looking going on here. Now there's a change in, in Naomi that we see in these verses. Uh, at the start of the book, she thought she was full. She was married, had two sons. Um, 
But then when she went to Moab chasing comfort and had the worldly comfort stripped away, she was bitter and empty. She was blaming the Lord. Now the end of the book, she knows that she's full. That's interesting because this offspring isn't directly her offspring. It's through her daughter-in-law and, and, and Boaz. Uh, but there's a change in Naomi, how she views herself. In the, the following verse, we see that she is joyful in, in nursing and serving this child. Now, I think a big part of the reason why the book of Ruth is included in the Bible is because actually we in, in our lives have challenges uh, and situations very similar to Ruth and Naomi. I wonder if you yourself uh, are feeling empty. Uh, you're not, not content with your, your current situation. I wonder if you question whether God can actually fill you. I also wonder if in response to that, you're, you're chasing after worldly comfort. Uh, going after the things of this world, that this world says that, that you need to be for. That's how you're trying to find. Are you chasing after to worldly comfort? Now this, this week, uh, just a number of times, the, a passage in the, the book of Matthew that has, has come to mind for me uh, and the, the context of it is, is people being anxious and worried about many things. In Matthew 6, this is G Jesus preaching in this passage. He says, hey, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and these other things will be given to you. So often I think that we, we think, oh, we, we're, we're empty. We don't have what we want in terms of worldly comfort. And we go, okay, well, the step is to, to go and find that. I think we make actually a lot of decisions in life. We'll, we'll leave jobs, we'll leave places, um, but, but we're actually doing that because we're chasing comfort. There's an emptiness we feel and we're, we're seeking and, and chasing comfort in different things. I think that verse in Matthew is so, so helpful, and I found this true in my own life. Actually, if we're seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness, that's actually what fills us not comforted by the things of this world. We are comforted by God. Jesus Christ is our redeemer. He saves us and he changes us. And knowing that, I think actually changes dramatically how we view our situation and circumstances. And, and a lot of times the things that we thought were discomfort or, or meant that we're empty, we're able to see things with new eyes and see God powerfully at work changing us. Things of, of this world are never going to give you the satisfaction that is found in Jesus. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Okay, so in this, this wonderful little short book in the Bible, uh, we see redemption for Ruth, how an outsider God includes as part of his people. We see redemption for Naomi, how an insider who, who goes away seeking comfort, uh, God actually changes and, and brings her in and redeems her. As I said before, questions are, are raised uh, about how is Ruth going to be 
um, like Rachel and Leah in this book. And I think that's answered in these, these final verses. But there's another question that, that these final verses answer as well, and that is actually who, who is their redeemer? Because in the book, at, at face value, it, it seems like it's Boaz. But as we follow the book through, that's not actually the case. Read with me. Um, this is verse 14 up on the slide again. So blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. So the redeemer's name be renowned. It goes on. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Okay, so at this stage, like Boaz seems to be the, the one that we would think. He's the one that has redeemed. He's brought the field back. Um, he's, he's, he's done the job of, of um, procreation in terms of the name and so forth. Um, but then it says, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. So is it the son who's the redeemer? Okay. So, so how does that work? Okay, let's keep reading. Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap and became his nurse. It's interesting that Naomi would be the one to nurse and to care and serve for this redeemer. And the women of the neighborhood, so these are the same women that Naomi was empty and bitter with before. They gave him names saying, a son has been born to Naomi. Okay, so this son has been kind of as Naomi's name. They named him Obed. Now, Obed means helper. So is he the redeemer? Well, you would expect if he was that actually the story would finish there. It keeps going. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Hey, David. Now, I know we're going through a lot of different names in the Bible. David's a pretty famous one, right? Anyone heard of David and Goliath? Now, okay, excellent. Lots of hands up. Good. The Meadows, awesome work. You guys know it. Um, David and, and Goliath. So, so in, in that story, we see David, a, a shepherd boy, defeating uh, one of God's enemies and actually redeeming God's people. Now David goes on to be a great king of Israel. Right? Is he the redeemer? And in a sense, you could see how that would make sense because remember the start of our story uh, in, in Ruth? There's Elimelech. His name means my God is king. But we've got this book of Ruth um, situated between the book of Judges and the book of, of Samuel where the kings start. The book of Judges ends with there's no king of Israel. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes. So this book is actually operating in the Bible, getting us ready for the fact that, that God's people are, are going to have a king um, to both redeem them and lead them uh, towards the, the Lord. So is, is that the redeemer? Is it the, the great King David? But we, we know uh, that he, he shepherded God's people. He was a man after God's own heart. Um, but the thing is, firstly, he wasn't perfect, and he sent the people wrong in, in different ways. But also, actually, God made a promise to, to David that it actually was going to be one of his offspring that would be the redeemer of God's people. This brings us to the, the final verses of, of the, the book of Ruth. Uh, it's a genealogy. It starts with Perez. So again, we're, we're, we're counting Ruth and her offspring as, as part of, of God's people. It goes past Obed uh, down to, to David. Now, the interesting thing about this genealogy is it is repeated 
You know where it's repeated? Because you guys love following the, the genealogies. It's repeated at the start of the New Testament. Uh, the start of the book of Matthew. You can, you can read it. Uh, this is in Matthew chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. These same names are listed in, in this order. In fact, in, in that genealogy, it includes Tamar and, and Ruth and Rahab as well. Um, but these names are, are listed there, and it shows us that this line continues. This great redemption plan continues, and it traces down to Jesus. To Jesus, the promised eternal king. And we see that that's true because just after that, the angel speaks to Joseph and says, you should name this son Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Is God with us? Uh, Jesus is the redeemer that is promised, the one that God has worked all history to show his great redemption plan. The one who redeems Naomi, the one who redeems Ruth, the one who redeems you and I, the one name under which everyone can be redeemed is the name of Jesus, the one who saves his people from their sins. I tell you what, this just makes me in awe of God at work. There's included Ruth in this. Um, the, the best description I could think of is, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those MasterChef challenges they have like 13 pages and 700 steps. And, and you, you know, the, the end creation is amazing. But it's like if you miss step four and heated it up at 200 degrees instead of 180 degrees, then the whole cake flops. Um, but God, through generations, thousands of years, uh, has, has been working his redemptive plan in history. And he's actually included this, this family from Israel. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, in his great redemptive plan uh, to come to fruition in his son. So I wonder, I want to ask you the question, do you have a redemption story? Have you been changed? But not only that, is God using you in his redemptive plan? Because God doesn't just woo us with his song. Uh, this, this looking at how he has worked throughout history isn't just to, to woo us to him, but it's actually to include us. Uh, we are part of it. We participate in it. You know, I saw on Facebook one of my friends is a, is a single male. He, um, he this week has gone to Sydney. Now that... It's like the weirdest thing right now, isn't it, to go into Sydney? Because you, if you're going into Sydney, you are, you're likely there forever. And who wants to be in Sydney anytime? Um, but he's got, a, he's got a sister with, with some young kids that doesn't have help. And, and he, he's gone there. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, but I think that, that that sort of story is true of all those who God redeems. It changes us so that no longer do we need to be living for ourselves and our own glory, uh, but we're actually called to, to serve others and to make Christ known. It's a great story of, of how um, can be used to, to serve and to love someone else. So I want to ask again, what's your redemption story? 
And are you not only wooed by this, this great symphony as you look at, at God's plan throughout all history, but are you actually singing along? Are you saved by Jesus and are you singing along such that others might hear this music and sing along as well? And we're going to have the opportunity to, to respond right now. We're going to sing the song, May the Peoples Praise You. But I actually want, want us to, to sit for a little while um, in the first couple of verses uh, and just be wooed by the music, have our hearts stirred. And then I, I think the musicians will invite us to, to join uh, in singing along with this symphony as well. So let me pray as the musicians come down. Father, thank you uh, for your redemption of Ruth and Naomi. Thank you that you have redeemed them amazingly uh, in Jesus, who is the Redeemer, who saves us from our sins. That means that all foreigners, um, people who are seemingly worthless, uh, sinners like us, people who go from inside to outside, uh, how all can be welcome to be a part of your people. Father, I pray for all here, would we be wooed by your song? Uh, would we be amazed by your work throughout history and the redemption that is found in Jesus? And I pray that you would stir our hearts to sing along. Amen.